Hi everyone and welcome to today's Red Risks live event in conversation. Today on this lovely Thursday afternoon, um, we will be talking to Louise Hoskins, the president-elect of IOSH, who has very graciously given us some time out of her busy schedule to talk with us today. Um, Louise has been uh, in the health and safety arena for the last 29 years, starting off as an environmental health officer in Cambridge before moving into the cooperative group and working everywhere from shops to funeral parlours. Um, started our own business and has been vice president of IOSH for three years, uh, is president-elect uh, this year and will be moving on to being president of um, IOSH next year. So we're going to have a fun-filled uh, session today. Um, just before we start, this is a live session, so there may be gremlins in the works, uh, but there are also the live chats, which you can join in with us, ask any questions you have of myself or any of the guests. Um, Salim, thank you very much for your look, um, and we will be starting shortly. Uh, so if you have any questions, if you have any input, please do join in with us. Uh, you can also email uh, live at redrisks.com uh, or join into the WhatsApp group, the numbers at the top as well. Um, so we should have some members of the stream team joining us as well. Oh, we've got Louise joining us. Hi, Louise. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to this afternoon. No, it'd be brilliant. We've got Charlie in Riyadh is joining, joining us and Tana from the United Arab Emirates. Oh, and Janet has just joined from Poland as well. Uh, hi, hi, hi. We've got a lot of people from all over the place. Um, so thank you for your time, uh, Louise. Uh, really great to see you here. Um, so all right, uh, to start, we will be taking some... Oh, I can hear myself. As, could uh, we mute, please? I can hear myself and it's really uh, weird. Um, we will be taking some comments from the chat box. But before we do that, so just uh, a brief introduction to yourself, Louise. I've, I've given one, but if you would give it in your own words, that would be really good for everybody uh, watching. Yeah, no, hi. It's really great to be here. Um, yeah, I've had a bit of a long and illustrious career in health and safety. I'm quite unusual because I'm a first carrera. So um, yeah, I studied environmental health at Nottingham Trent, which I loved. Um, and um, I really enjoyed working as an environmental health officer and it gives you such a breadth of knowledge across all different disciplines um i went to court quite a few times so and and sometimes if i had long enough all my best stories are from those days um and i went to work for the co-op after i prosecuted them because i think they thought it was probably cheaper to have me off the streets um, and, and working for the co-op was absolutely fantastic. I, I moved down to the West Country and I had a region that was South Wales and South West. Um, and, and exactly as you've said in your introduction, sort of covering everything, food stores, you know, funeral parlours, non-food stores. Um, and I was just in my early 20s and it was when... Um, we had major legislative changes in health and safety. So we had what's called the six pack came out um, in the UK, which everyone will remember. 
and we were thrust into doing risk assessments, which we hadn't really done before. Um, and I remember one of my projects was, right, off you go, um, sort out manual handling in the non-food division. So um, I always say to anybody coming into health and safety as a career, it's not about your age, it's about your passion and about asking questions and just, you know what, just figuring it out and getting it stuck in. So so I, I absolutely loved that job. I got very involved in the store redevelopments, um, which led to a bit of a, um, I spent a bit of time working in the construction sector. Um, I've always done um, a lot of work. Um, I, I enjoy looking at design, you know, how can we eliminate risk by design? Um, from there, I went to, I um, became head of environmental health and safety at Savills, which lots of people know them because they've got a high street presence um, with their estate agents, but they're a global property company. So I became very, um, I became quite involved with property and, you know, I'm still very much a kind of built environment um, professional. Um, and yeah, I, I, so I left the corporate world um, because I really wanted to help lots of businesses. Um, and I set up my own business um, about 15 years ago now. So I've been in, I'm a consultant um, and do, you know, variety of work, you know, massive variety of work actually with a fantastic, I've got a brilliant team here. Um, and yeah, I've, I've also had an IOSH journey. So I was chair of Chilton Branch, um, became vice president for three years. And this year I was elected as president elect by council um, and then our members. So yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell, I guess. <laughs> no, brilliant, thank you. I, I kind of flustered my way through the beginning. Yeah. You did it far more eloquently than I did. Yeah, it's, I, I mean, I've got nearly, next year will be 30 years. So, wow. you know, I've been in health and safety for a long time. That's a good year to have as your uh, year as president. Of yeah, life. absolutely. 30th year in uh, health and safety. Yeah, That's I'll be able to say quite it's the milestone. That's impressive. Yeah. Um, I know you are very keen on positive um, occupational safety and health as well and you've been uh, behind the the hashtag posh yeah. <laughs> yeah. so yeah and actually there's an extension to that Gemma I don't know if oh. you picked up on it so you got a new one so the posh is positive occupational safety and health but um I have a posh idea as well which is inclusive diversive equal but most importantly action excellent that is so you know one of the things that we you know what's important is it's great to talk about this stuff but how do we make things happen so um yeah and i'm very much an advocate for you know and, and it's how we change how our, oh, re our profession is reflected on and seen by the outside world and i think we need to talk we need to talk ourselves up a bit more you know we do a great job we save lives every single day um and and i genuinely believe that people can learn from you know what good looks like if you like um, you know, we need to learn from the mistakes and the things that we get wrong. Um, but people need to be shown, you know, this is this is what good looks like um, and be able to, you know, 
find out for themselves what good looks like as well. So, you know, then it, it has this kind of positive connotation rather than something, you know, we're not going around picking faults all the time. No. Yeah, picking faults, you only then get seen as a negative. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think, profession. yeah, I mean, if you think about it, you know, if, if it's very difficult to understand what you're meant to do, if all you know is what you've got wrong. Yes. So if you imagine you go into a situation, any situation, it could be a personal situation, and all you hear is, this isn't right that's not right this is awful um we're not going to learn about well actually what is it what are the bits that i've got right so i think it's about having a balance in those two things you you can't you know for me it's you know we do need to do more of the we need to big ourselves up a little bit more uh, it's definitely one um particularly i think english people struggle with bigging themselves up yeah um we are generally held to be modest and not extol our achievements but i think we definitely do need to do a lot more of it i know i've stolen loads of great ideas for health and safety from other people i will steal with pride <laughs> and i don't even hide the fact that i'm stealing either i just say oh do you mind if i steal this i'm taking it now yeah um so good uh, good ideas good information good practice from everyone is brilliant i mean our team we are trying to be as inclusive and as diverse as we can we've got a, a quite a range here we've got our um say charlie in riyadh we've got tana in the united arab, arab emirates we've got jenna in poland uh we've got a range of skills we've got a range of um different arenas um and uh then me uh, <laughs> um so that is entirely something uh, um on our stream team we are very much behind uh i was looking at some of them i've got notes for myself sorry so if i keep looking down it's because I've that's fine Gemma. <laughs> Um, we were talking with Jimmy Quinn on Tuesday, uh, current president of IOSH, and he was talking about your uh, joined up thinking, which is uh, brilliant to hear that uh, it's not going to be one year, one year's term, he's doing his one thing and then that's it, it ends and then doesn't carry on. So um, what is it that you'll be excited to be carrying on with Jimmy that you get into uh, addition, you know, what are you going to carry on to your term? Yeah, so, so no, I mean, we're both really delighted to be where we are. And, you know, we've worked really hard. It means a lot to us um, to represent this amazing membership that we have and to be out there talking to people about it. Um, and I've just seen um, Graham, hi, Graham, <laughs> talking about our positive approach. And I think, you know, Jimmy and I had a lot of discussions around this. You know, we, we feel that our members and our and, you know, what we do is about people and people need to be first and centre. Um, and, you know, we're very much aligned. You know, what do our members need? Because if we can equip our members, they can go out and save lives, you know. So so we're very, very much aligned in respect of that. And, and what we really wanted to look at was how do we, you know, have this kind of... Um, journey if you like um 
from president to president that kind of merges into each piece. Um, and the role of the president-elect has always been, you know, to obviously prepare for a, for becoming president um, and to learn about what that means and all of those pieces. Although, you know, being vice president, I've kind of had that practice as well. Um, and, and you know, there's certain elements that, that Jimmy's looking at at the moment, particularly around bringing in veterans as a second career, um, mental health and wellness and, and um, our future leaders. So um, in terms of that, you know, going forward, my themes are going to kind of evolve from those pieces. So, I mean, obviously, future leaders, I can talk to our future leaders and, and talk about what it's like to do this job in your 20s. Um, so, you know, certainly with them, you know, that's probably a piece that I'm going to continue on. Um, he's looking very much at mental health um, and well-being, which is a really important topic for us um, as a membership at the moment. Um, and, you know, I want to look at how we make our membership um, more representative of the working world of work. So looking at inclusion. Um, but then I'm going to probably bring on pieces that um, I'm familiar with. So I've, I've worked a lot in the property world. I, you know, built environment, understanding. You know, you've got to understand a bit of business to be able to influence in the right way. And and I'm really interested in in how we do that piece. And one of the core pillars within IOS is around human capital. So how do we how do we get business to sort of think about what we do at, at that kind of higher level? Um, so you can see that we're kind of already kind of merging these pieces through um, and, and working very much together um, so that there is this kind of seamless transition. And um, yeah, people like Graham on the call, we're still all in contact with each other. So yeah, listening a lot and being out there a lot and just you know hearing what everybody's got to say no it's brilliant so we've met uh, earlier this year at the future leaders um conference before we all got locked down wasn't uh, that amazing <laughs> um and that ties quite nicely into akil's uh question we've got here is what is your advice to youngsters who come into safety Oh, wow. Um, I mean, my advice is there's, I mean, I was thinking about this earlier, there's look, it's, it is quite hard to get those kind of junior health and safety roles, the kind of the start off roles. Um, and I think if you are working in an organisation already, and you know, there's an opportunity to get involved with different health and safety projects that might be going on or you see an opportunity that's my action bit so you know if you see an opportunity grab that opportunity that you see um and i would say um really concentrate and we were talking about this on you know your soft skills on your power skills as i call them because i don't think they're very soft at all you know how can you make a, a positive contribution to the business that you're working within so learn about everything that's going on around you learn about the business don't feel that you have to know everything you know i'm thinking back to my 20s i certainly didn't know very much at all and i was sent out to do those manual handling assessments 
but I was I asked a lot of questions how do you do this why do you do that you know people want to talk about their work um so so it's about you know going into it and asking a lot of questions you know being prepared to do you know you might have to do things that perhaps you might not like at the start but that's part of learning um and you know i think for me as well is that there isn't a linear career progression in health and safety so it's not being afraid to sort of seek that next challenge to really broaden your experience yes that's, yeah really good uh, one of the things i've said to people is nobody will come along and offer you the job no. they will once you've been doing it for a while say oh you've been doing this would you like the would you like to actually yeah. take it on officially yeah yeah i mean so, i think every business wants somebody that's going to be helpful i mean i run a business now so i've kind of got two hats that yeah. you know i've well i've got three hats i'm a president elect i run a business and i'm also a consultant so you know the most powerful thing you can say to somebody in a business situation is i've got this i can take care of it yeah. you know that's massively powerful so it's you know creating opportunities you know identifying those opportunities and, and and being helpful and you know just just doing you know work hard is what i say i've worked incredibly hard um and i've taken opportunities as they come along and um, something that jimmy said of me i know last week is that start from a position of yes yes so yeah. you know again it can be a bit of a habit can't it oh no no you can't do that i very very rarely say no to people i think i i remember saying no when somebody was talking about having a show with some flamethrowers where they had some bales in the hat of hay for seats i might have said no to that um yeah i can see why you would <laughs> yeah. but you know there's always a way to do things safely and that's the creative part of what we do that's what makes what we do interesting so yeah. start from that position of yes no that's brilliant i like that one is um yeah start of how yes we can do it now yeah looking at how let's work out how we do it yeah. safely we, together yeah. no that's a brilliant one and i very much agree with the the idea of asking questions and uh not assuming that you have to have all the answers or that you do in fact have all the answers and can go out and give them, especially at the beginning of your career. Yeah, I mean, I, one of the things that I love is I love working in teams. I love working in mishmash teams of, you know, people. And, and let's face it, those teams of people now are global mm -hmm. as well, which is amazing. And just, you know, when you bring teams together and you've got that trust in each other, so it's building that trust, um and you you know you come together you know what can be achieved is enormous you know health and safety can be a massive enabler for business mm. um you know it can make I, I guess that's why i like it you know i can always see the light at the end of the tunnel and i see the businesses that i operate with change and be smarter and happier and and they become better businesses. So, you know, I think we need to focus on that. No, oh, that's, yeah, ties in nicely with the positive. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, 
put my teeth back in. Positive <laughs> health and safety. Sorry. Um, did anybody else have anything they wanted to ask for Louise? Charlie, do you have anything? Oh, no, hang on. Did you want me to ask something in I'll let Janet go first. On your okay, own. Janet, did you want to ask anything? I was showing Charlie that you're mute. Sorry for the miscommunication. Yeah, Charlie's unmuted himself and Sonny in the background has muted him whilst he's unmuted himself. Sonny, stop fiddling. Sorry, sorry Charlie. Should <laughs> we try again? Charlie, you're on mute, but would you like sorry. to ask anything? Uh, yeah, sure. Like I said, I, um, thanks. People mute me all the time, Louise, Jenna. I, it's, I get used to it, okay? People walk out. You'll find like out that. why. There's a, there's a couple of things that I, I that, that's really... So I've been burying away in my head over the last couple of days, and particularly with James's interview and things like that the other day. I've been reading a, a document. Uh, now, this this document was um, printed. It was written in, in 2016, and it was written by the. Uh, it was it was put together by the Chartered Accountants of Australia and New Zealand in one of the local universities in Australia, and it was written in 2006. Sorry, I, I, was, I, was, I, was, sorry, I was talking about a document that I was I was reading over the last couple of days called Relevance and Professional Associations in 2026, and it was written in 2016 with asking the Chartered Accountants where do they think their their professional organisation would be in 10 years' time, and there's a variety of it. it it mirrors across because we've got a variety of professional organisations. We've got the Chartered Institute of Professional Development, we've got the British Medical Association. Within the document, there's a variety of articles. And there's one called The Future of Professions. And uh, now this was written in 2016, by, and uh, there's a, a, a statement in it from Deborah Eckersley, who was a managing partner of human capital with PricewaterhouseCoopers. Uh, and I don't know if she still does that job. And she says that because important problems are complex, the solutions don't tend to come from one profession. We need a suite of people from a range of professions. This is where professional associations are very relevant, but they can't be insular to others. So we absolutely want engineers, scientists, technologists, accountants, lawyers, etc., etc., etc. Now, <clears throat> I, what, what primarily my question to, to you, Louise, is at, at the moment, I think IOSH is, is, is looking at the global picture as globalization, but we're still very, as from my perspective, my, my opinion, I think we're still very insular with regards to, to HSE. Um, now, going forward in the new year, we've got these new comp this new competency matrix, which covers a variety of, mm -hmm. of 60, 66, I can't remember the total number. So, my, my my question to you, uh, there it's you go, great. yeah, I brought a copy myself. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, my question to you is that I, 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 do you believe when it's when it's your turn to take the, the, the helm as president that we should be reaching out and working alongside people like the Chartered Institute of Personal Development, um, the, the Law Society, for instance, the British Medical Association? We, we should be um, uh, uh, creating... Uh, more more links to these organisations rather than keeping ourselves within this HSE bubble, if you will. Um, so, so that that was my first first question to you. Um, do you share that that that? Oh, one hundred percent. I am a collabor. Yeah. <laughs> if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. 
So, and if you think about, you know, our strategic collaboration is one of yeah. those. Yeah. Um, so IOSH has got some amazing partnerships with, um, you know, people like the ILO, with ISA, with, we've done a load of um, yeah. webinars this year with the World Health Organization. And I think one of the things that has come out of this whole pandemic is that we're definitely talking to each other more. Yeah. Of those frameworks you mentioned the cipd and i did smile because i've been literally i've been stuck on this chair all day but i've been oh. going from one thing to the other and at lunchtime today i actually hosted a webinar jointly between iosh and the cipd yeah. Yeah. so the Charles institute of personnel and development so so 110 percent you know we are in a completely different world now and we yeah. need to be working together on this i strongly believe for us as health and safety professionals um you know a lot of our work is going to be around facilitating this which is why those power skills are so massively important yeah so we can put ourselves at the center where we're actually pulling all of these different people together and yeah. um, and and i said to you earlier one of the i love creating these teams because these teams can just you know if you get the right teams together you motivate them in a positive way you know, extraordinary things can happen. Of course, yeah, you yeah. know, no one person or no one professional body can can solve some of the problems that we're. we're and, and, and absolutely, with. and that, and I think that's what that Deborah uh, Deborah Eckersley was was saying. The the, the 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 problems are not solved insulated. The problems are solved from from going to other uh, other organisations, other individuals, tapping into these knowledge banks, if you will. And, and it's good to hear that, that that sort of collaboration with these other organisations is is in the offing. I, I think that HR is our closest organisational cousin. I and, I and I think we mentioned this previously. I think sometimes we're too far apart. And we're, we're, we're on, on, we, we both want the same thing. We both want happy, healthy people at work. We want a positive organisation. We want people to, to have a, a fulfilment, uh, fulfilled life within the organisation. But it's time for CIP, uh, the, the HR and HSE to really, truly become um, uh, the, the, the joint partners within, within the yeah, organization. Yeah, no, I'm literally, I am smiling because that's what I was doing at yeah. the today. It's, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, it's, and, yeah. and rem what you've got to remember as well is Bev, who's the chief executive of IOSH, her background is in HR, and so she's still very front and centre um, yeah. of the CIPD. Um, I mean we've IOSH has been you know very much with the strategy IOSH has been on a real journey um and I think you know we've got these really amazing you know incredible um strategic partners um that we're working alongside yeah. um, and absolutely because if you think about it all of us you know have got you know I've probably people on the line we're we're members of more than probably just iosh yeah um, uh, yeah, um, yeah absolutely yeah yeah so it's it, you know it's bringing all of those pieces together but in bringing them together we've still got to have that i talk a lot about journeys you know um you've got to map out that journey you've got to know what the steps are in that journey sure. to reach yeah. the other end and what we can't do is have so much overloadedness 
if that's a word, yeah, sure. um, that yeah. we're actually not getting some change and some action coming out yeah. of it. I mean, it's what you call it, incremental achievable improvement. You know, mm -hmm. small small steps, early small steps. You know, and and then, and then we can, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Janet, did you have anything you wanted to ask, or if you had anything uh, to say? Well, I'm very, very, very happy to meet you, Liz. <laughs> I have my own story with Ayush. When I was younger, much younger, I had a boyfriend, and he asked me what I want for my birthday. I asked him to buy me. <laughs> annual membership because I didn't oh, have that's amazing. <laughs> he said, what? I said, could you buy me an annual Irish membership? I don't have enough money to pay for that. Uh, and that was my first membership. Uh, I had, I think it was associate member. We didn't have membership that time. Uh, yes, here I am in Poland and I'm so happy because I'm representing, I think, the Central and Eastern Europe and uh, um, I've been very lucky to be Irish member because uh, when I started and not being from UK, I was looking for a lot of sources of information, forum groups when I was a beginner. Uh, but today, I think there is a question that I have. There are more than 49,000 members of Irish. Mm -hmm. And uh, Five years ago, we established the first Nibosh Center in Poland, and I'm very proud of that, not because of Nibosh itself, just because I guess thanks to that, my first day I usually dedicate to the potential sources of information. One of them is always IOSH. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we don't have such a, a open, I would say, discussions here uh, when we do organize conferences, I don't know, different um, meetings, we don't have representatives Irish coming and visiting us. And it's a group, uh, I think it's a larger group of people looking for support and sharing, like Poland, uh, Bulgaria, Ukraine. We do have a lot of projects now with Ukraine. And I think it would be great if you consider as one of your <laughs> challenges next year, maybe to uh, extend one of the groups or branches, if you could consider maybe some support with regards to the Eastern and Central Europe. I'm That's sorry for being... I, I love that. It's a great <laughs> question. So, so um, I um, have been a chair of a branch for a long time and it's something that I'm very proud of because, um, so I'm chair of Chilton branch. Everybody's heard of Chilton branch. Um, <laughs> I know Gemma's been along to our branch meetings. Um, and I, so I, I have been a member of IOSH since 1999. Um, and I've always been a member of the Chilton branch. And I remember going along to the Chilton branch and not feeling then it was, I didn't feel connected to it. Um, and I went back a few more times. And the last time that I went on one of these kind of like visits, there were 10 retired members in the room in this massive space. And I thought, I need I need something, but I don't know what it is. Um, and I decided to roll up my sleeves and and get stuck in and get involved and create, you know, a, a different feel to the branch, which I think we have now. Um, so 
I feel like I've gone on a real journey as a branch chair and, and obviously it's led to me, you know, becoming vice president, president elect and I'm president next year. Um, so the networks, I think, are massively powerful. You know, we've got them right around the world um, and they we've got some phenomenal, uh, you know, um, volunteers in there. And we've also got groups as well. So sector groups, which, again, massively important, great work that they do. Um, and so we ha have these groups and branches all around the country. And the great thing at the moment is that you can, you know, they're all virtual. So that means, um, Jeanette, that you can zoom in to any of those meetings at any time right now. Um, and you will meet members and you can make connections there like you probably haven't had the opportunities before um but the question that you're asking is about new branches so so you know there's it's a really challenging thing for us to do to say well you know with when do you create something new um we've just created a new network in um west africa which has been it's been it's really exciting it's really you know launching and and becoming massive but we have to pick where we're going to do this really carefully because every um branch or network needs quite a lot of support so it's not something if if we're putting Ayoshi's name to it um, we have to run that branch or network in a specific way you know it needs support and so you know, IOSH is a charity and we've got to kind of, we're always kind of balancing, you've got to think, we're always balancing the kind of what's coming in is what's going out. And so, you know, IOSH will always look at the needs of members and if people feel that they, you know, if there is that sort of groundswell in a particular area, it will be looked at. <laughs> but it's not an easy, you know, it has to have, you know, it, it's something that isn't a quick process. But I guess the short answer to that is, you know, in the meantime, do get involved and, you know, seek out the branches and the groups at the moment and just, you know, become part of it. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Appreciate uh, we've just got a question from Vince on the bottom. The Institute of Directors, the Chamber of Commerce, the Federation of Small Businesses, the Confederation of British Industry Employer-Based Membership Organisations. How are IOSH planning to change the narrative from a generally negative output towards OSH to a generally positive output from all of those employer organisations? Well, I'm planning on doing something about that, Vince. <laughs> so I think, do you know something? IOSH is its members, and I think it starts with, with, you know, we've got almost 48,000 members. I think it starts with 48,000 people around the world being, talking differently. And it, it's, it's tied in with this, you know, these power skills and thinking about the way that we talk about what we do and the way that we approach our, you know, how we work and what we do, because it's our actions that makes the biggest difference. Um, so certainly, 
you know, all of those organisations, they are definitely on our radar. I, you know, this year I did a webinar with the Federation of Small Businesses, um, which was great because I feel like I've got kind of a hat in both camps because I understand what running a small business is like. Um, so I guess that's down to us. And I think, you know, certainly Jimmy and I will always talk very positively about what we're doing as being an enabler. And it's all about those outward messages. So hopefully that answers the question. But Vince, we need you. We need you banging that drum as well. Um, Tana, sorry, I've left you out a bit. Um, you thought you got on the way with it, didn't you? <laughs> Tana, Hello. hi. Hello. Hi, how are you? Uh, pleasure to meet you and uh, happy to be here with all of you. Actually, plenty of my questions are covered by uh, Charlie and Jenna. But one thing that I would like to, I mean, you know, bring to your attention that the expectations from HSC professionals are so high within the organization. I remember that when this uh, COVID started back in, uh, let's say January, that the, everybody started asking me that, you know, what is this and what, what are we going to do? I mean, and I was telling them that this is the first pandemic that I'm experiencing, you know, because yeah. the last one happened like hundred years ago, right? That is one thing that I wanted to ask you, uh, Louise, that if uh, you are planning to educate the organization somehow i don't know uh, you know how to do this but you know maybe you you are experienced in this uh you know last 30 years and i think we i believe that we need to find a way to educate the organizations to um you know keep their expectations in a um let's say um you know regular way i mean not expecting too much and uh one other thing i would like to ask you that are you the thinking to make the uh, membership more accessible to to you know uh, let's say uh, many people because i i have met few people that they are not able to uh, become a member of iosh because of uh, funding you know because they don't have enough money to just you know maintain their uh, membership that's one thing comes to my mind and the last thing, sorry if I talk too much. You, you, um, might, have to, you <laughs> might have to come back to the first one. <laughs> <laughs> the, the last thing that I'm a member of uh, IOSH and, you know, this IIRSM and, and I'm going to, you know, become a CSP soon and, you know, maintaining all of these membership, I mean, you know, is not easy. I mean, unification movement, are there anything in the agenda uh, for the next year that, you know, we, like unification movement between in these uh, you know let's say institutions organizations so i'll take the one first um <laughs> i mean iosh is iosh it's it's the you know remember iosh is the biggest um health and safety professional body um you know we've got nearly forty-eight thousand members in 130 countries um we're the only organization that can you know we're the only chartered organization um so you know that in terms of other organizations we're not going to part you know we're not going to join forces i think it's unlikely to say that we'd join forces with a similar organization um we you know we collaboration is key to what we do so you know collaboration is massively important but i think that we all offer something different um yeah in terms of 
yeah, that's a, does that answer that question? Um, in terms of um, you were saying that you know you the businesses are saying you know we've we've never encountered COVID before, you know how do we deal with it? Um, that's a really good question. Remember back to my introduction. If you remember back to my introduction, I talked to you about you know I was twenty three. And, you know, we were faced with the manual, is the first set of manual handling regulations that came in that said, you must do risk assessments of this. And I was given that as a project in my early 20s when I had very little health and safety experience. So it's a similar kind of scenario is that, we, you know, we're all in the same, we're all in the same storm. We might be in a different boat, um, but it's about, going back to first principles um and i think out of this pandemic um the piece that i think reflect you know reflecting on everything that's happened is we have to be really good at risk risk management and and going back to those basic basic principles that we learn um the hierarchy of risk control and guiding those around us to understand that too um and it's a basic fundamental principle of what we do um and not expect a template for everything you know is yep. you know and, and and business won't necessarily thank you for that because the business leaders also need to figure it out because at the end of the day it's their business um, and they need to work it through in their minds to to take real ownership of it. Um, so I, you know, I certainly feel, you know, we need to guide them and support them and, you know, talk in the same language as they do so that we can help them to make the right strategic decisions. And I can't remember the first question now. <laughs> It's about um, funding uh, people who are wanting to become members. Of, oh, yes. Uh, Membership, please. Yeah. So um, what I would say is um, you can contact a membership on membership at iosh.com. So really easy email address to remember. And there are options. Um, so there are options for people who are on low incomes or who lost their jobs um so i would say if somebody's in that situation contact membership at iosh.com because there are some um programs or there's some um some things that you can you can do that might help okay thank you sense. thank or you very much get, uh, janet's boyfriend's phone number and ask him <laughs> yes i love do you know what jenna i've never heard of that i think it's I was, I was 20 years old and i was medical student so i didn't wow, have any money <laughs> and to that coming back to tanners uh yes thank you so much yeah and i agree there is a hotline even i received uh when i uh, updated my membership i received a statement that during COVID, if you have any financial yeah. problems you can contact us so i was really yeah. surprised you know? that's brilliant we've got uh vince um messaging us in again the ilo report states that 2.3 million workers die annually because of their work 
and that the number of worker deaths is rising and at an alarming rate. What reason is this dreadful phenomenon happening and what is Ayush doing to try to reverse the awful carnage of working people? 2.3 dead every year. Uh, so what is Ayush doing to help reduce the, the uh, number of workers? dying in the workplace so yeah i'm going to tie this and action is going to become my my word for this <laughs> for this discussion i think yeah. so i i think i would probably tie this back to again you know it's it's iosh is a framework for our members so iosh is is creating you know the support for our members so that our members can make an impact on those statistics um, so it's part of why we're working to enhance um, the professional standing of our membership um, so that they are well qualified, they've got loads of power skills um, and they can go out into the world and make those differences. So that's the first thing. Um, we have six pillars. So, I mean, I know... Um, Gemma, you might be asking me a question about where psychological safety fits in all of these things. Um, but there's, it's still very important to manage the regular health and safety stuff. And I've written about this quite a lot, is that we may be in a COVID crisis, but we've also got to manage those other pieces as well. And part of what we need to do to support businesses is to help them to prioritise those things. Um, and, you know, that will make an impact on those deaths. Um, remember, we have campaigns like um, No Time to Lose, which is an amazing campaign um, aimed at um, supporting um, the prevention of exposure to carcinogens in the workplace. And, you know, you anybody can register um, with that and access that information and again spread that message so I guess Vince the short answer is IOSH is enabling our members to go out and do something about those deaths and and we need to keep we all need to keep that at the forefront of our minds that's brilliant um, yeah, I just just adding on from what Vince was talking about and, and adding it into what we was talking about. And I, th I think we, we have to remain positive but realistic with things. We, 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 we're not going to change the world, okay? We're not going to be Steve well, Jobs I'm or. Try. You know, we, 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 that, that, that's, that's my point exactly. We need to remain positive but realistic. We need to move forward in a, in a, a, a reasonably um, a purposeful manner. Mm -hmm. the, but the globalization of. of Everything that we do now is is linked to this global globalization aspect. Nebosh is the same, the same as is IOSH and things like that. And, and these things come with benefits, but they also come with costs, both positive, positive and, and and negative. Uh, and there is a variety of organisations out there that we know the World Health Organisation, International Labour Organisation, United Nations. There are a multitude of, of organisations out there that are doing fantastic work. And I, and I think we have to be very careful that we don't become some sort of messianic fix everything for everybody organisation. We, we parachute in and all of a sudden 
uh, everything is going to be uh, the land of milk and honey. It, it, it's just not going to to happen. And it's um, not possible, you know. Iosh it's has, not. Iosh, in you know, if you think of what Iosh is, yeah, you know, yeah. Iosh has a finite amount of resources. Of course, um, yes. So those people, you know, you know, at a strategic level in Iosh, these yeah. things are being discussed, and yeah. so that's how we've come up with these six pillars. Sure. which are six focus areas um so you know at the moment we are all talking about mental health and wellness a sure. lot because yeah. there is an issue with that globally um but that's not to say that those other areas are being neglected they're yeah. not yeah. um but if we can you know if if our members are working to those basic risk-based yeah. principles within their organizations they should be helping those within those organizations to understand what their priorities are and every yeah. business is different yeah i mean you, you you can just take for instance the uk uh and back to this globalization aspect i mean over 18 i think it was the late 1800s when we had the first what was it, the Factory Act or the Morals mm -hmm. Apprentices and things like that. So, and, and, I actually and, remember all that stuff. Yeah, I <laughs> but, but the UK has built up and built up and built up and built up. You've got the six-pack in Health and mm -hmm. Safety Work Act, and, and we've got all of the, the... UK is still leading the way with regards to occupational health and safety, but we have our own internal problems that we have to deal with. Um, the, the, the the aspect of remote working or what are these, what are these new workers called, this new... Um, uh, I can't remember what it's called now, where you're working from home and you're, yeah. Yeah, and you're on zero hour contracts yeah. and all, all, all of that, that that sort of thing. But we have to be we have to understand that there are countries out there and, and cultures out there and regions out there that have pretty much had zero Absolutely. occupational health and safety. Um they, they don't have that hundred years plus that those have that, that those have in the UK. So again, I, I'm just going back to what uh, Vince was talking about. I think again, being positive but realistic. Let's sort out what you're doing within your own backyard and, and, and do what we can with those other regions to help them improve over, over the piece. I, I don't think we can do anything more. Yeah, I mean, I, I genuinely believe if we can equip our members to be enablers, to be seen yeah. in business as a positive driver for success, yeah. those figures will, you know, we, we will you know, we will start to sort out those figures. And I couldn't agree with you more. You know, I travel around, you know, I've, I've spoken to people across the world in this role and, you know, travelled the world. And the priorities in different um, regions of the world are completely yeah. different yeah. and the approach is completely different. But it's all risk-based, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean in, in, Saudi, in Saudi Arabia, you have the, the Saudi Labour Law. Uh, there is no Health and Safety at Work Act. There's a Saudi Labour Law which covers pretty much 80% uh, is terms and conditions of employment. It talks about welfare and things like that. But only 20% is really related to occupational health and safety. You have the, the local MO, MOI, Ministry of uh, Labour Inspectors. But we never see them. They're, they're, they're more concentrating on, on, on smaller uh, businesses and things like that, projects like the one we're on, they, they ignore us because pretty much we've got uh, the, the, the risk assessments in place that we, we're, we're monitoring, we're active and things like that. So they tend to leave us alone. So Saudi Arabia is one of those areas, one of those regions where they're not, they don't have that 100, 
plus years experience of occupational health and safety. They are now gradually catching up on that. And it's going to, it might take them another generation to even get to a stage where perhaps they're like Dubai or the United Arab Emirates and things like that. So again, we have to be, be very careful, like I said, that we don't become some sort of um, you know, uh, uh, go-to, um, you know, we, we, we'll sort the whole world out just because mm -hmm. we're... Yeah, and I mean that that comes that's that does is where the human capital pillar comes in. So you know, a lot of that if you think about where that finance comes from, if we can yeah. influence those investors yeah. to, to consider ethical values and ethical investment, yeah. if they're actually investing in those overseas countries that don't have the same regulatory framework. Yeah. Yeah. Um, those big organisations can actually influence them and say, do you know what? These are our standards. If you're going to work for us and, and you know, you're going to, we're, we're going to give you some basic standards. That yeah, yeah, and that's, what, yeah, yeah, and build and on those. Yeah. You know, yeah. And that's where we start changing the language yeah. of how we talk about what we do. We talk about ethics. We talk about values. We talk about being enablers. Yeah. We talk about the the success that can come you know from running a business where yeah. people feel motivated they want to be there because they feel looked after yeah yeah so yeah. it's, it's yeah. about the language and i think you know i hope that that's something that jimmy and i are, are going to be able to bring forward yeah 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 Absolutely. i think it's also important like ukraine for example they don't have risk-based legislation what they planning to do that and all that has been driven uh it was driven by the business mm -hmm. oh, oh we've got uh robots there's uh, yeah. gremlins in the matrix again um i'm just pretty aware of the fact that we're coming up to 55 minutes now louise and i know you're on a pretty oh no i'm okay I'm oh you're okay, okay. <laughs> i was gonna say we can start wrapping up because if you've got to yeah. be off on at four on the dark yeah i didn't i didn't have a hard i thought i was gonna have a hard stop but i i i'm not no, so oh, no, I'm that's fine. okay then i was uh gonna try and wrap up i yeah. think janet has um frozen completely and has turned into a robot yeah just for the minute so hopefully she'll kick back in in a second um, we've had a couple of, uh, it's come up a couple of times from Graham about the yeah. work 22, three years in, in this Definitely. strange world of COVID, is it still relevant? So, so Graham helped create the last strategy when he was president. So, um, you know, part of what we're doing is we've, we've got a fantastic strategy that I think has seen IOSH change massively. Um, so well done, Graham, for all the work that you did on that. Um, and, you know, going into and actually it will be in my year as president where we will be looking at our, our next strategy and strategies by the very nature, are, are, you know, are longer term pieces. Um, so to answer your question, is the strategy is, yes, it's being looked at, it's being examined, it's being debated, it's being discussed um, and there will be something um, after work 2022. So, so yeah, it, it's all going to come. And I actually personally think it's going to be more of a transformation than a big change. That's great. Particularly because I talk about collaboration a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, we do very much enjoy collaboration here with people from different industries, from people from different backgrounds, as you yeah. can tell by uh, the, the group we've got together today. 
Um, uh, Vince, come back again. Um, workers are uh, dead. Worker numbers are rising by official reporting. What do we do differently in future? I think you've you've covered this. Really. Yeah, I think we I are... think it needs to come from us. It's what can yeah. we do differently? Yeah. Um, and I think you know some of the things that are coming out of IOSH is do you know what is just is about getting involved and you know. Anybody who contacts me on LinkedIn, I'll ex gladly accept your invite. You know, there's a great network of mm -hmm. professionals out there supporting each other. Um, and we need to work together um, to be seen as that positive driver. I don't think it's, you know, no, there is no magic bullet to what we do. Um, and I think there's lots of people who, you know, have got strong opinions on how we do these things and i think we need to come together and discuss it and talk about it and know that not one size fits all you know you can't go in and do the same thing in one business and take that to the next business everything is different there is no magic bullet no collaboration without ego yeah, exactly. I mean the other thing that i would talk about as well is um Ayoshi's vision zero so I think we're going to be doing some um, promotion around that. I'm probably putting <laughs> and <laughs> putting something in someone's ear now. We're going to be doing some work around that, and that's a collaboration with um, the ILO, and and that's based on these risk-based principles, and it's not based on legislation, and it's definitely something that will translate globally. Um, and, and I think that's going to be, that can be, you know, again, you've got materials, you've got um, support there. So, you know, do have a look at that on the website as well. There's there's an awful lot available. Um, it's about getting involved, being connected, you know, lo logging into the branch meetings that happen and or the groups, um, because the more that we can work together, you know, I disagree. We can change the world. <laughs> oh, no, I disagree with, that, with Charlie on that one as well, I'm afraid. Uh, yeah. It doesn't take, you know, the, the biggest thing to change the world. You can change the course of a river if you put a stone in the right place. Oh, I love that. I love that. That's excellent. I'm going to remember that one. <laughs> uh, we have. Just remember, you can't swim in the same bit of the river twice. No, Pocahontas sang all about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, the, the aspect of hazard and risk, I, I, I like this thought process that you're going through here, Louise, because I, the, the engineers and managers that I deal with have a very, very little understanding of hazard and risk. They, 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 you can ask them, what does a hazard mean and what does risk mean? And they'll go, I, I don't know. What, what are you talking about? So you, you've got this, this sort of global march of safety differently and hop and all of this uh, complexity and everything else. And I'm thinking, well, that's okay if you've got an organisation perhaps in the Western Hemisphere that's got 60 or, or 30, 40. Uh, yeah, yeah, but then you've got these other areas that, that really you're, you're, you're pretty much back to basics. Mm -hmm. and, and risk assessment is, is everything that we've done here. We talk about hazard and risk all the time. It's, it's the fundamental basics of what we talk about. We're not interested in HOP and safety differently. We're back to one plus one equals two. This is risk assessment. These are the hazards. How do we manage and control them effectively? And, and I think that that has got to be, as you're saying, is, is the way forward, not just from the UK perspective, but for the rest of the world. If you can't do the basics right, then 
then what's the yeah, point? Yeah, I, I think we have to think globally. I mean, yeah. I literally, if I'm dealing with a business now who's got a head office in another country, yeah. you know, yeah. they're, they're MD zooming in to say hello, you know, it's, yeah it's we're in a different place yeah. to where we were before you know yeah. we were always using the technology in iosh but i've never felt more connected to our members than i do now and yeah. that's such an opportunity that we need to grab yeah. um and those risk-based principles they are global you know you don't have to be talking about legislation and i've talked about this with you know, owners of businesses in a way that I've never done before. And there's yeah. been so much contradiction. It feels like there's all this contradiction um, that actually if you sit and you concentrate with the right team of people, you're going to work it out. There yeah. isn't a template for everything. You know, yeah. well, if you want to if you want to if you want a successful workplace culture, um, implement your own, don't copy somebody else's, Absolutely. you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. you've got to start from Yeah, and to take it, it's interesting what you were saying about, um, you know, all these different approaches. The day before my president-elect um, presentation to council, which is terrifying, by the way, um, I spoke to one of the other chairs and he said, you know what, Louise, we don't need corporate theories right now, we need support. So, that's very much where Jimmy and I sit is yeah. is supporting our members. Definitely, yeah, good. Yeah, and I think in bringing that closer to the business, yeah, risk based, yeah, integrating that into the business. Can I ask a question, Louise? Yeah. I think it's more. Personal. Um, I, I'm sure that uh, all your challenges, all your programs and actions, being as a president, will be in alignment with the Ayush principles. However, I'm sure that you have something on your plate that is yours, like your top three things you're planning to do different way, okay. or maybe brings challenges that you would like to tackle. Don't you mind sharing with us? Oh, so I mean, I've definitely got two, but the third one is kind of, you know, a lot of this is that I will collaborate with Ayush. So, you know, there'll be people in IOSH that kind of guide me as well. They'll know my background and my interests and the things that I'm passionate about. Um, but I think it's no um, secret that I'm very passionate about inclusion. Um, so I strongly believe that if we can have a bit of a mix, we, we need a, a, a better mixture in our membership um, in every aspect because do you know what we solve problems you didn't even know existed and the best way to do that was with a diverse range of opinion isn't it you know handled in a trustworthy way um and for me you know include that whole piece around inclusion is massively important um so how can we improve that piece within our membership and for our members so that they feel you know, I mean, Gemma and I were talking about the. I've, I've got the magazine from from this month, so it's all about this. Um, this month, yeah, um, and saying, you know, I I think, you know, just talking about gender as an example, I think we've been stuck at twenty percent women for a long, long time in IOSH, um, and 
we know that we have a real mixture in the future lead. I mean, Gemma, you were at Future Leaders. It was phenomenal, wasn't it? And there was, was yeah. you know, there's a massive amount of diversity, but we kind of lose it. We've lost it along the way as we get, you know, further along. So how can we support our members that want to, you know, go from the future leaders, perhaps, you know, volunteer in branches and groups and, and learn and experience that and become future presidents? Um, and how do we equally help them to take on the kind of roles that they want to take on within their careers as well? So, so there's a whole piece around that that I'm very, very interested in. Um, the other piece is human capital, which I've talked about quite a lot. Um, I'm already working, Jimmy and I work quite a lot on, um, we quite like governance. So it's how do, you know, it's the bits that go behind the scenes. So we, we're doing a lot of work with that. Um, and, and my other piece is probably still in the pipe. I mean, I did, I, I, I don't know whether Sunita's on the line, but I, I always joke with Sunita that I always get something in about asbestos along the line. <laughs> um, because, you know, coming from very much a built property background, um, I remember a couple of years ago, um, there's a chap in, um, Ayosh, who um, is in our comms team called um, Simon, we call him Simon BB, and um, he sat down with me and we were talking about the No Time to Lose campaign because the last phase was all about asbestos and I started talking to him about everything that I'd done and I thought, huh, that's quite a lot. <laughs> you know, and I probably helped manage asbestos risk management in thousands and thousands of square foot of property um and it's still being exported around the world there are still parts of the world where it's in use um so who knows there might be something in there around that but i don't don't hold me to that <laughs> <laughs> thank you for for inclusion and diversity thank you for that i think for everyone who is not in uk they are pleased to hear that and to be part, yeah. build that inclusion, being part of Irish member. Yeah, and I think this is where we can link up and be a really strong, um, you know, I've talked about, you know, what can we do to help each other? And for me, this is an area where, you know, I'm a woman that's gone through um their career and what is you know there's far more men in our profession than there are women and i understand those challenges but there's also opportunities for us as well particularly as we start thinking about the health agenda i think there's going to be a lot more women naturally coming into the profession um so we need to look for ways to link up around the world and help and support each other and you know it's not just about, but in a way that doesn't alienate anybody either. Yeah. So we need to, if we think about gender as a topic, we need to bring our male colleagues with us. And because everybody has something to bring to the table. Yeah. Especially, I think I, I agree with Charlie on that. It's inclusion. It's also including others. Absolutely. Professionals, doctors, HR, business operators, uh, whoever. Thank you, Gemma. I, 
I remember going to uh, the HSE event at the NEC um, a couple of years ago, and I took the operators from my one of my uh, from uh, from the production area. I took a couple of the operators with me, and as I was walking around and introducing them to people on the stand, so like, oh, you mean you've brought them yeah. with you? It's like, well, I'm not the ones that are going to use this. I don't know what I don't know if it's going to be any good to them or not. So I've brought them with me so they can see it firsthand, rather than me mm -hmm. go back and say, I've had this idea. Mm -hmm. There you go. I mean, one of them did just spend the entire time trying to steal pens, but <laughs> I think he came home with 68. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but we did also get a couple of really good um, ideas that came back with us and that we've implemented, you know, on, in the workplace. Yeah. Which I wouldn't have had if I hadn't taken them with me because I wouldn't have known it was a problem. So, you know, you need to include everybody because you don't know what's yeah. the problem for somebody else unless they're there. You can't answer for them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we are now running at uh, <laughs> an hour and 10 minutes, which yeah, so we've beaten Jimmy. Beaten, <laughs> we've beaten Jimmy and also Dom Cooper's time as well, I think. Okay. So we are now the longest running um, <laughs> live event officially. <laughs> but yeah. So no, I mean it's you know it's been great, hooray! Yeah, I mean it's just you know connect up with you know myself and Jimmy on LinkedIn. I think you're going to see much more of us going forward, and you know hopefully we've given you kind of a flavour of the things that we're passionate about. Um, you know, and I'm certainly you know in some ways Jimmy works for a very big company, corporate. I'm really you know the vast majority of people actually work for much smaller organizations so you know i'm definitely going to be banging that drum as well um so so yeah we're really excited about the coming years excellent um did anyone have anything to to say just to close off are we all very good Thank you. So we can um, finish off by saying thank you ever so much to Louise. Louise is our final guest. Thanks, Louise. Oh, yeah. Thank Happy Christmas, everybody. She's going to be our last Happy special guest yeah. of the year. Yeah. Um, we are oh. having an end of year show on the 22nd of December where we're catching okay. up with everything we've done over the last year. So if you wanted to join us for that, I believe that is 3 p.m. on the 22nd. Oh, that sounds like fun. So we'll be having a look over what we've done. Maybe, I don't know if Sonny has the uh, technical know-how or not. We might even have a clip show. <laughs> That's generally done by uh, things where you've run out of ideas. There's yeah. no clip show. Maybe not. Um, yeah, so uh, we just have to say thank you ever so much. It has been an absolutely brilliant conversation. It is wonderful to know that you and Jimmy are so aligned that there's joined up thinking and it going ahead. It's all going to... Yeah, we don't always agree, but we always no. come up. We're, we're a diverse team too. So. Well, that's good. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. You can't always agree Fine. with everybody Fine. because there's no challenge. Yeah, but we, you know, we're really excited to be, you know, working with our members, with our, you know, all of the stakeholders. That collaboration piece is massively important to the both of us. So, so yeah. No, that's brilliant. Okay. Right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Thank if you wanted you. to hang on, we have a, an after show party. So if you wanted to hang on after we say goodbye. Um, so thank you to everybody for joining us. Thank you to everybody for their contributions Thanks, in chat. Good thank stuff. you, Charlie. Thank you, Tanner. 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 Th